Hi guys, this is your host Ola and welcome to the All Things Money podcast where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing and everything else in between. As I'm sure you can imagine, there are many young entrepreneurs and influencers out there right now that are currently making large amounts of cash. This may even be you listening right now. Because of this, I'm joined with Lily and Charlotte from Goodman Derrick LLP to discuss the different legal steps you can take to protect your money. Even if you are currently strapped for cash right now, this legal advice may still come handy in the future. Hi, Lily and Charlotte. How are you both doing today? Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us on. No, you're welcome. It's great to have you both on. For the benefit of our listeners, please, can you introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. I'm Charlotte, and um, I'm a senior associate in the family department at Goodman Derrick. And I'm Lily. I'm an associate, and I am in the private client department at Goodman Derrick. Amazing. So obviously, before we even delve into the legal steps people can take to protect their money, please may you explain why anyone should even consider protecting their money right now, just in case anyone's listening like this doesn't apply to me. I think the question is, why shouldn't you? I mean, obviously, lots of people um, in this situation is that they always consider why, why should I bother? Why me? Why should I think about protecting my money? Is that you probably work quite hard for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why shouldn't you protect it? And it's always kind of good to be savvy, even though it might be a while for you to actually take steps to protect it. But I think it should be everyone's best incentive and top priority to protect money that they've worked hard for. And and then they should they should do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't want to you've taken the time and effort to earn your money. You don't want to fritter it away or, you yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from my point of view, um, I'm, yeah, as I mentioned, private client solicitor. So I primarily deal in inheritance tax planning. Mm. Um, So, I mean, if we're like, if we're talking about, you know, influencers, you know, they might think, well, surely that's like a long way off for me. But I think the key thing is, is that, that I say to clients is that you can't start too early yeah. thinking about this yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people might think, no, there's there's no way I need to be thinking about inheritance tax. That's when I yeah. die. But there are steps that you can that people can take, you know, now while, yeah. you know, while they're still young um, to help preserve their wealth and their their capital base. Yeah. And this yeah. is the thing, I think this comes with all spheres of money management it's like nothing is ever too early like I spoke about this in a pension yeah. episode I did back in season one and guys if you're listening and um, I hate to be that nagging person but it is so true like you can never you know you can, it's never too soon for anything and this is why I'm excited mm-hmm. to have both of you on for, um, today because I definitely other than having my money in an ISA my money isn't protected in any other ways and obviously yeah. you touched a bit on yeah. that influences and obviously influences as we can imagine make loads of money and um, yeah. one day that might be one me that might be one of you guys listening or you might have a small business and all of a sudden it just explodes when should people um even consider protecting their money like do they need to have a certain level of wealth for it or you know is it like the everyday person that can also consider it because I know you mentioned inheritance tax as well so obviously yeah you know, that applies to a lot of people it does yeah I mean I don't think there's any kind of level at which you could start thinking about it. I mean, 
if you're say you're an influencer and you've bought an, you've got enough money to say buy your own property if that's the case I think you should start thinking about estate planning straight away mm-hmm. and yeah. that can extend to like the most simple thing which and by that I mean writing a will yeah so that when you know as I say people might not think this applies to them long way off blah 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 but you never know Mm-hmm. Yeah. you never know what might happen yeah and I know that sounds really morbid but <laughs> you know it's death and taxes the two certainties you know yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, and you know if you if say you say you have just bought that property you know what would you want to happen to it if you died yeah well so you know I have a I have a client at the moment and they're in their 20s so very young recently being gifted a property by their father very nice um and I said yeah lovely um (laughs) I spoke to them the other day and said by the way have you got a will and they said no and I said well if you died that property would pass automatically but back to your father because they're they're considered that what they're considered to be is is intestate which means they don't have a will Mm -hmm. um so under the laws of intestacy that property is going to pass to their father if they die Mm -hmm. and they said to me no I would not want that at all I would want my property to go to my sibling Um, so I yeah so and that's that's what would happen so Mm -hmm. you know if that's if if you don't want your property or whatever it is your bank accounts Mm -hmm. um to pass to in that order of priority then you need to have a will put in place yeah it can be so super straightforward um Mm. you know it can just say who you want your executors to be they're the people who deal with your estate when you die and where you want your property to pass to um but it's so it's so important to do it Mm. um you know once once you're no longer there you're not going to have the you're not going to have the say so over what happens to it unless you've put some formal documentation in place Mm. 100% I think I come in at a different angle it's the sense that I think that's so important Lily that you've mentioned that because a lot of my clients they've come to me because something's happened I mean they're either coming to me because they've separated from a partner embarking on divorce um, or children issues or even prenuptial agreements I think that's the most talked about um, kind of aspect of family proceedings where they're thinking about money because it's the first kind of opportunity that a couple has Mm. to discuss what they have how they want to protect it so obviously if you don't have um assets or a large cash base or property you probably need to take the commercial view at that point whether or not you should protect assets Um, but like lily says you probably want to to make that decision and and make sure that your assets are dealt with properly upon death but in terms of on the flip side, if you embark on a relationship, that's normally when people tend to, to review things and say, listen, yeah. you might be moving into my property. Mm-hmm. I'm moving into your property. How are we going to kind of divide things up, factor things in? How am I going to protect my property? So, for example, Lily, your client that's in their 20s, mm-hmm. the father might want to protect that interest, even though he's gifted the money to, mm-hmm. to their child. That child might have to draw up a a declaration of trust or a prenuptial yes. agreement something like that to protect his interests and also his father's mm. um so all of these things come into play and, co- and relationships are complex in itself so when money and finance are involved it's extra extra complex and, yeah, and drama to ensure that you're yeah dra- exactly mm. drama yeah. is true and yeah. the emotional fallout of a breakup or a, a marriage breakdown is so 
so chaotic and emotionally mm. traumatic for that person. So if you can remove one element, i.e. the financial aspect and protect yourself in that way and make sure that both of you, so you, if you separate from someone and you might not agree on children arrangements or how to sort out day to day, who's going to live where, at least there might be that baseline that before you embarked on that relationship, you said, right, this is my property in my sole name. I want yeah. to keep it that way if anything's happened. So at least you've got that backstop. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people, obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing. You kind of don't yeah. think like that, but it's really important. I think that's where kind of Lily and I come in is that it's really important yeah. to think of it now. It's the yeah. stuff that no one wants to think about. Exactly. No oh, one exactly. wants to think about. It's, and it's, it is horrible. I get death that. Death and divorce. I completely get that. <laughs> yeah. Death and divorce. Yay. What happy topics. Um, but unfortunately, they're a reality. Um, mm. You know, you don't wish divorce on anybody. No, of course. But it happens. And, exactly. you know, I think like Charlotte, from your point of view, that like, I think there used to be quite a stigma around prenups. Oh, know, hugely, kind of, oh well if you're thinking about a prenup you must be putting the death you know the, yeah. whatever the term is yeah, um, yeah no, it's true. you're jinxing your marriage or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah exactly and it makes it uncomfortable listening and viewing and, and seeing that but I think the taboo has definitely kind of lost its grip over the last couple of years because I think a lot of clients said oh it's just for celebrities I've got loads of money well no that's what I would have thought you've got yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, is it always I mean, you always see it in the press, ironclad prenup. Yeah, <laughs> which is ironic because legal um, prenups in England, Wales aren't legally binding, but they are used as kind of the basis upon which parties look at, and it holds the greatest weight if it's uh, if it's certain criteria. Yeah. So it is a good good stepping stone and a good document to have in place if you are thinking about protecting your wealth. I mean, like Lily said, it's almost like insurance. People take out holiday insurance, not because they think they're going to get ill, but because yeah. they want to know that if something did happen, they've got something they're to protected. fall back on. So mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that's kind of where where we come in in terms of the legal steps and people yeah. just don't want to think about it. But it's really important to kind of yeah, focus and this, on. And this is why I'm glad I've got both of you on here, because it's not something I've actually ever covered on All Things Money. So if you guys follow me on social media, you would have noticed I've mm-hmm. actually never spoken about protection protection of money because I'm yeah. 24 it's not something that's ever come into my mind I only think about you know the savings I've got or the investments I've got but when you actually put it like that it's actually yeah. like okay god forbid I die tomorrow where do I want that money to go I've got my mum yeah. and my yeah. sister I've also got family relatives how would I want that to go in yeah 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 you can imagine 100%. after death yeah a lot of drama goes on about you know when money's involved it does rip families apart oh, like, I've seen yeah exactly exactly um, and you see, honestly, it's it's horrible. But you see, these you know these things they come out they come out of the woodwork. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, family it's, members it's, that you think you trust. Nice. All of a sudden, yeah. money. Oh, you, think every, you think everything is hunky dory until somebody dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. So, Ola, I mean, in your circumstances, you know, if you were to sadly die tomorrow, your 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 worldly belongings would go to your mum. Yeah. Um. So, if you wanted your sister to inherit anything she she wouldn't and yeah. you'd basically be relying on your mum to pass down assets to her so you know if, if you wanted your sister to receive a slice of your estate the best way you could do that is to put it in a will well yeah yeah um I mean there's also kind of tax considerations there uh, there as well because I so basically in in the UK everyone is entitled to what's called the nil rate band and that is a tax free threshold okay it's 325,000 pounds which may seem like a lot but once you've if you've got property 
that's worth over that anything over that basically will be taxed at 40 percent. yeah inheritance tax yeah uh, sorry for inheritance tax purposes say hola say i'm sorry to use your example <laughs> sorry <laughs> Case study so I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do a theoretical i'll do a theoretical so say say we've got sarah right mm. sarah's sarah's a young influencer she's recently bought a house uh it's quite expensive uh she's got a lot of money in the bank account from you know what she does online um and she then dies she doesn't have a will her estate is worth way over the nil rate band such that it would be taxed at 40 percent mm-hmm. as i say she doesn't have a will so that means uh, uh that her estate would pass to say say both of her parents are still alive and yeah. well her estate will pass to her parents um in the order of priority under the intestacy rules that estate will be taxed at 40 percent if her parents then die that money which was then basically be given to them would also then be taxed again at 40 percent oh wow 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 so yeah now that's not necessarily you can't necessarily get out of that by writing a will but there you know there are considerations Mm -hmm. there this is why we you know we do say to people start thinking about this as early as possible to try and mitigate yeah what inheritance tax may be due on your death yeah that's a very simplified version of, of, of mm. things but it, you kind of I use it just to kind of explain <laughs> why it's important to start yeah, thinking yeah. about these things and it's interesting now. because obviously you've dropped a few terms you've dropped a will and you've also dropped a prenup obviously going into further detail for those looking to protect their money now I think you've pretty much sold me after this I'm going to look at writing will <laughs> um, <laughs> if they are <laughs> If they are looking to protect their money, what are the different legal steps they can take? So obviously I know you've dropped a will and prenup, but would you have to explain them a bit further and obviously other steps that people can take as well? Yeah, completely. I mean, in terms of a prenuptial agreement, so that's obviously when people are thinking about getting married and they both have to be legal representative separately. They have to seek legal advice. And essentially in the document, you can record what you want to happen if the marriage should break down. It's quite a complex document, but um, obviously if you've got legal advice, you can go through obviously what everything means. And if it's kind of completed, drawn up properly and hits certain criteria, then it's called qualifying. And that obviously makes it more stronger if anything was to happen, if you embarked on a divorce and you wanted to say, right, let's rely on this document. Mm -hmm. Even though, like I said, it's not legally binding in England and Wales, a case of Radmacher in 2010 was kind of the first case that the judge upheld the prenuptial agreement because they both entered into it knowing what they had knowing what they wanted to basically freely and willingly they knew Mm. that this was going to be the document so after that kind of like a tumbleweed moment happened and a lot of people thought okay well even though it's not legally binding I can't legally enforce it we are going to have the best intention to say this is going to be the document that will basically divide the assets or ring fence the assets so sometimes clients come to me and say listen um my parents are really wealthy they're going to give me x amount of money when they die but they said to me that if i'm to marry they want to make sure that my new husband or new partner um doesn't get a share of that if the ratio breaks down which is fair enough i suppose it's their wealth like you're saying at the beginning Mm. you want to protect your money and that's also a way of doing it um in a generational thing so that might be something that they want to do or indeed if you have a property in your name already 
um, and you move into another property with a partner, but you want to safeguard that original property, you might hold it with friends or you might hold it with family members, siblings. That's another way of um, safeguarding your assets or company assets. If you, like you said, you're an entrepreneur and you want to make sure that that kind of aspects protected, you can include that as well. Mm. So prenuptial agreements, you can include most things in terms of assets. And it's basically just saying, here, here's my assets at this point in time, and this is what I want to happen in the future. Yeah. It's important to remember as well that you can't exclude anything about children or maintenance in that, but it's purely okay. to do with your kind of your assets. Um, but yeah, it gets the conversation started, definitely. Um, mm. So a lot of people come to me and they say, I want this done. And it either accelerates the relationships, makes them stronger. Because I think finances and talking about money, and this is why, Ola, your podcast is so great, is because it gets people thinking and talking and it yeah. does break the taboo. Definitely. Yeah. I think, Lily, you found that as well. A lot of clients are really worried about talking to family members yeah. or partners about money. And when they come to us, it's almost like, oh, so serious. Solicitors are involved, yeah. lawyers are involved. Whereas you should have that conversation with your partner. And Definitely. sometimes it kickstarts the conversation, prenup yeah. or separation agreement, mm-hmm. or not separation agreement, that comes after. That's when they don't want to talk <laughs> That's about it. Anymore. It's little <laughs> 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 like I mean, the declaration of trust or a cohabitation agreement, those kind of things get the conversation yeah. started. Yeah. yeah. And then from my point of view, yes, yeah, so I mentioned the will, which is a legal document in which a person says on my death this is what I want to happen to my estate my assets the other thing that we do advise clients to consider a lot is um, a document called a lasting power of attorney which essentially LPA for short but that essentially hands over control as to decision making to a trusted person okay um and I say this in the context of your audience base because there are two types of LPAs there's one called a financial and property affairs Mm -hmm. and there's one called a health and welfare okay so a health and welfare is for things like you know do if I lost mental capacity and I ended up in a care home yeah you know what who would I want people to come and visit me it it, it can go all the way up to things like end of life care which is you know again not something that people really like to think about potentially less applicable for the kind of influencer entrepreneur type very if they're very young but their parents absolutely yeah but the property and financial affairs one I think is quite key because Say, say you have an influencer who's traveling all over the world. If they need to make decisions about their wealth asset base and mm. they are not in the country to be able to do so, they can appoint an attorney okay. who has to be completely trustworthy. Um, you know, you have to implicitly trust your attorney. So mm. we, you know, a family member or a trusted friend or it can be your advisor as well um who can make dis- those decisions on your behalf yeah um and yeah as I say that's quite a key one for if you've got a you know if you if you're traveling a lot you're not often physically present yeah to make those decisions as regards your property and your financial affairs that's quite a useful one to consider because it allows for the smooth administration mm. of your financial matters when you might not be necessarily be able to do it uh, property and financial affairs lpa can be used before mental capacity is lost and after okay 
So that's why it can be used, say, if the don't, they're called a donor, the person who makes the LPA, that it can be used if they're like out of the country or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Health and welfare is slightly different. It can't be used until someone's lost mental capacity, okay. which is perhaps not unsurprising given the nature of it. But yeah, that's something that I, I recommend to clients pretty much all the time. Yeah. Um, I think they're really mm. important because again, it's just, it's the what if. What if yeah. you're in a terrible accident and you're in a coma and you don't have capacity to make decisions? Yeah. You know, what, what would happen? It's a horrible thing to have to think about, but it's so important. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are instances where we see this happening. Yeah, 100%. It's not impossible to go to court after someone's lost capacity to, to get a deputy appointed, but it's a lot more difficult and yeah. a lot more expensive expensive exactly yeah. so that's even a way of like protecting our assets is to make sure that you're not spending loads of money on on that and sorting on that out as well isn't it yeah it adds yeah. up really quickly adds oh, up. yeah hugely yeah i think that's the, the distinction to make as well because people are definitely the consensus is that when you go to a solicitor you think you're going to spend loads of money but actually you should think about the other on the other foot is that if you spend okay it might be expensive, but it might be a worthy investment to draw up a will or to get a prenup because actually in the great scheme of things, it'd probably be a drop in the ocean compared to the fees mm. that you'll pay in sorting it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Totally, totally. I've heard about lifetime gifts. Is that also something people can consider as well? I know that could yeah. be quite adv- advantageous when it comes to like paying taxes and stuff. So how does yes. that work? Yeah, so essentially, lifetime gifting can be quite a useful tool to reduce the size of one's estate for the purposes of inheritance tax. Now, when you're a bit younger, you might have more need to have, you know, have access to your capital. So it's something to bear in mind. Um, but basically, the rule on lifetime gifting is that if you, you can gift any sum of money to whomever you want, but you have to survive that gift by seven years. Otherwise, you will pay inheritance tax on that gift. Now, so there's a there's a there's a three thousand pound annual exemption of gifts out of capital. So, so if you gift anything up to three grand, there's not going to be a charge to inheritance tax. Right. If you if you gift say say you just say you gift anything over that that sum, fifty grand, twenty, ten. You have to survive that by seven years. Otherwise, that gift will basically be accumulated with your estate when you die, if you if you don't survive that seven-year period, and there may be inheritance tax to pay. So when you say, just to make it simpler for people that are listening, and when you say survive seven years, do you have to have that gift for seven years and more, or you can only have it for seven years? So you basically, from the date that you give that money away, you have to then survive for seven years afterwards the the person making the gift has to survive for seven years afterwards to ensure yeah to ensure that that gift the value of it falls out of their estate and therefore it reduces their overall asset base and therefore the potential inheritance tax liability if they die um so much pressure on those seven years after the gift I mean that's 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 why I mean yeah it, with like with, with it's 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 slightly more important for our more elderly clients um yeah. Yeah. who 
the risk of surviving might be reduced if you've got mm. someone in their 80s for example who's who's looking to do a bit of inheritance tax planning <laughs> the risk of them not surviving seven years is far greater than if you're doing it say in your like late 20s early 30s mm-hmm. um as i say if you're a bit younger you may want to hang on to that capital because you might have more need for it so Generally, we wouldn't advise people to make any lifetime gifts if it then transpires that they're going to need that money. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just wire that money back? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, do you remember I gave you that 15 grand? <laughs> bit awkward. Need it back, need it back now. Yeah, need it back, I need it back. Oh, Amazing. Sorry, I, I meant it was a loan. Literally. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you've obviously got the lifetime gifts and obviously you mentioned about you can protect your companies, but say for someone like me who has like five all things money, social media accounts, I've got cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. Can you then also put that in a will or is there any way, other ways you can kind of protect them as well? Yeah, you can absolutely. We we yeah. we see now quite with quite a lot of frequency people asking about digital estate planning mm, um, yeah. because it's something it's that is, a, you know, yeah. it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And, you know, most people have, I mean, I'd really, uh, unless they're really elderly, I think you'd struggle to find somebody who doesn't have any digital impact or footprint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, so there's a thing called a digital legacy clause. Um, okay. So you can include that in your will. It basically says, if I die, then I hand over control of my social media accounts to X person. Interesting, okay. Yeah, so that they can continue to run your accounts if that's what they want to do. Or, you know, mm. so uh, say, yeah, like your Instagram account. Of course. Or you, can, you can appoint somebody who can take over control okay. of that in your will. Now, obviously, it's most, most terms of use of, social media accounts prohibit the giving out of passwords um so that's a little bit tricky but I mean we sometimes advise clients to write their password down and put it in a sealed envelope which is stored alongside their will yeah and it's like say on the uh, say on the envelope this is only to be opened in the event of my death and if that's stored in your solicitor's office you know it's not going to get opened yeah unless there's something (laughs) Um, they want anyone peeking into like my all things money like like, oh there we go (laughs) um but you know cryptocurrencies that's still considered an asset of course of course it is yeah so you know you if you if you die and you've got cryptocurrencies you might be paying inheritance tax on them yeah yeah so they they form as much a part of your estate as everything else, you know, the more traditional mm-hmm. things like a house or jewellery or, you know, bank yeah. accounts. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's, really, it's not something that should be overlooked. Mm. There are websites out there that you can safely and securely store all of, you know, like a, a, a list of all your of all your assets because it's difficult now to, well it's not as Keep easy on top of it all. Yeah, yeah exactly like I bitcoins mean, and stuff like that it's yeah, like how do you exactly you can't keep I mean, it in a like obvious in a like a, a bank account where you can see exactly. it no. and you don't get letters so much these days no so you don't I, I no. had a I had a client uh die a few couple of years ago and I she was in her 80s so you know she didn't she didn't have really any digital footprint but I had to go to her house to look through her paperwork to establish what her asset base was because oh, wow. she didn't have any surviving relatives. Oh, wow. Wow. 
you know so that's that's kind of all well and good for somebody who will have loads of letters and kind of hard copy correspondence but but for younger people who don't but nowadays yeah yeah we don't have any I don't have any papers it's all kind of just on apps or on your phone like your phone is your key really isn't it yeah and I'm someone that yeah and I'm someone that has around let's say just even just my investments alone I have like six different accounts and my mum is not going to know that I've got six different investment yeah. accounts so I'm yeah, exactly. it's written down or in a bill yeah. that it's definitely something yeah. you know I definitely should consider and those of you who are listening should definitely consider as well I mean and I'm not a millionaire I'm going to tell you that now but it's definitely like, <laughs> like you said protecting your money that like I've worked half of my money and god forbid if I did die yeah. I want it to I want my mum to know that they've got x the amount of money I've got I want her to be able to inherit that and properly and yeah. safely so yeah yeah 100% make sure you give her your phone password though that's like yeah. number one rule <laughs> <laughs> definitely will be whatever we have to so like I mentioned already I am certainly not a millionaire but some of the steps you obviously mentioned today such as will writing or setting up a power attorney definitely does appeal to me but do you need to have a certain level of money in order to carry out these steps no I mean there's there's yeah there's no kind of set figure I mean I think the key for most people is they like to write a will once they've got property but you can do it at any time yeah um, and you don't have to have like a certain level of wealth it's really just so that you can just make sure that your the people who you want to inherit mm-hmm. your assets do do get that do get that but um yeah I, I don't think there's any kind of yeah there's no short or fast yeah. rule is there I yeah. suppose the best thing is to have enough money to do it properly so if and you're going to get it. a will, don't don't think that you can. I mean, there's a lot of things going around. I know that people say that you can just buy a kit from WH Smith and they say, oh, I can do a divorce by myself online or um, get a template and sort it out between ourselves. But it's really important to get that specialist legal advice because okay. we've been doing it for, for years. So we know kind of the, the trip ups that a lot of people face when they mm-hmm. try and do it themselves. So if you have something to protect, do it properly, even if it means paying a cost up front. But in terms of overall wealth, there's no kind of short rule or fast rule about doing it and, and how much money you need to have in order to protect it. It's just, I think, especially, well, maybe from family, it's slightly different in that it's normally like a life event, moving in, buying a property, starting a new relationship, stopping a relationship, kind of these kind of things is probably mm. more of a Kickstarter, whereas mm. Lily, it's more general, isn't it? It's like when you yeah. feel that you need to. Yeah, but as you know, the sooner the better, I think. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, I get so many clients, they, you know, they say, oh, I've been meaning to do my will for ages and I've just put it off and put it off and mm-hmm. put it off and I get that. I, I totally get that. But the sooner you start thinking about it, the better. Um, 100%. And then generally, I mean, not in terms like not from a kind of monetary perspective, but from a circumstantial perspective, we advise, I would suggest people look at their wills every five years or so. Okay. Yeah. Especially given that like young people, their lives change so quickly. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like you've just come out of university and like oh did you just come out you came out last yeah, year didn't you? yeah last year yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know your life might change very quickly and quite yeah, drastically and it's important to keep a tab on that in terms of your planning mm-hmm. um yeah. because if things may change if you if you if you put a will in place and then you get married marriage automatically revokes a will 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, once, so if someone gets married and they've already got a will in place, they need to think about writing a new one because their will is gone. Ah, it's so important yeah and actually when you get a divorce your will's still valid so you need to kind yeah. of look into that and make, it's actually kind of strange how it's it should be the other way around but it should it be the other way around but yeah 100 if you if you, you get, get divorced divorce, yeah if you get if you get you divorced you like you basically the the person whom you divorce is treated as as if they died so if you left an asset to them it's just basically the gift will fail because it's treated as if that person had died yeah. before you interesting um, so like if someone was obviously listening today and would like to implement one of the steps that you mentioned in today's episode how can they actually go about doing this do they seek a lawyer so would they seek like a solicitor someone like yourselves or can they like you said obviously you probably wouldn't advise doing it themselves but what, where's the best way to kind of go about what is the best way to kind of go about it I would say contact a, a local solicitor or someone that you would trust. I mean, obviously, if you have someone that your friends maybe recommended or that you know personally or a solicitor that's helped you maybe with the conveyancing of the property, they might have a department um, within their firm that can help with the wills and the, and the prenuptial separation agreement. These kind of factors, they mm-hmm. might have a department within that firm. Or if they go on to, um, I think for family, it's slightly different because we've got a resolution um database where it's a lot of solicitors kind of uh sign up to it which is like a non-acrimonious way of approaching divorce so that's that could be the first of all um, law society you can okay. find a solicitor on that website as well for a pro-search or firm search but um that's what i'm yeah. saying unless Lily, you think differently but i think that's yeah i completely agree i think if if somebody wanted to undertake an exercise in um kind of financial planning the best thing to do is is contact a solicitor um they might want to look at contacting a financial advisor yeah um just to ensure that all bases are covered Mm -hmm. I work quite frequently in tandem with financial advisors just to kind of ensure that you know my clients are We've got a nice holistic approach to their estate (laughs) planning yeah of course of course yeah um but yeah, I, I'd seek advice. I mean, the thing is, if it... Well, knowledge is power. I mean, sorry. Knowledge is power. Even oh, if you don't yeah. want to do one, just go and find out about it. And then you yeah, exactly. make a decision. And then you can you? make it, exactly. If you if you then decide you don't want to do it, that's absolutely fine. But at least you like looked and researched into it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lily and Charlotte, for joining <laughs> me on the podcast today. I've definitely learned a lot from the way for you, and I will definitely do be doing my research after this um, recording. But obviously, <laughs> if people wanted to seek legal advice after today's episode in order to protect their money, where can they reach you to if they actually just want to ask some general questions or they actually wanted your services? Yeah, I mean, both Lily and I are on LinkedIn, so yeah, definitely feel free to ask us any questions or on our Goodman Derek website. Um, all our details are on there um yeah I think that's yeah we're both on LinkedIn so yeah the best way probably ways to contact us in there perfect I'll definitely drop your LinkedIn profiles in the description of this podcast episode so guys reach out to them if you'd like but yeah thank you so much guys for joining me thanks so much for having me thank you thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the all things money podcast for more all things money make sure you follow us on social media subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune back in next week 